0: Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast with host Elizabeth Myers, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook. Tune in weekly to learn how to have a winning life by building a strong spirit, soul, and body. The Resilient Life Hacks podcast is distributed using Anchor. If you haven't heard about it, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. I'm Elizabeth Myers, your host. And today I have with me my good friend, Elizabeth Clayman. So we have very similar names. And um, she is the author of Beauty Rising from Brokenness. I have This is my copy of her book here that I've read. And you can see it's all highlighted and marked in a <laughs> dog ear because that's what I do when I read. I make it my own. Me too. Um, yeah. We actually met at a conference in Columbus and we got to talking and realized we both have the same first name. We were both living in the same town, both military spouses, both connected to the same church. And our books came out on the same date when you're apart. So we have just stayed connected. And you're going to love what Elizabeth has to share with you today. She is, she is like the embodiment of resilience. She has <laughs> uh, had a, a difficult childhood growing up went through a lot of stuff. She's been in multiple car accidents, uh, surgeries, one left her bedridden for for 12 years, you know, and then just just military spouse alone requires a lot of resilience and, you know, deployments Mm -hmm. and moving and everything. And she's got three awesome kids who are now grown. And um, she's just a wonderful lady. So I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to share with all of us today. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, and I'll start yeah. out by sharing something that I don't even know if you know, but we're okay. expecting our first grandbaby.
0: Oh, yay! That's so exciting. Yay. I did not know that.
1: Yes, we're ha- we're getting a little girl in oh, March, God. the first of March. So oh. we are so excited. Oh, Jade congratulations, Elizabeth. So she's huh. gonna have a great name. <laughs> okay there we go. Continuing the tradition. Yeah. Yes, yes. well, um his mom was named Jane and mm-hmm. and so um the, so they're naming her Jane Elizabeth. So mm-hmm. I was very honored. Yeah, very, very honored. Yeah, well, that's awesome yeah and, so um, that's, that's kind of what's exciting going on in my life right now yes
0: yes well that's great yeah, uh, pat, for, pat our, in my <laughs> for our watchers and listeners i put a a link in the in the facebook chat there to elizabeth's book beauty rising for brokenness so that you can snag your own copy it's a um an easy to read book but very very powerful she has a very powerful message of healing and of redemption there so um I was wondering if you could just share with us some of your your tips, your life hacks for being resilient. You know, when when you've been faced with all these things, what is it that helps you push through those things and keep going?
1: Um you know, I I you know, I sit down and I try to think of exactly what it is and it it just boils down to faith, just knowing that God called me in 2002 to speak and to empower women and to share my message, which at that point I didn't even know completely what my message was. I knew a little piece of it from my childhood and I thought that was it. But so it was knowing that I had that, that purpose and that pro, that that calling on my life made me just really want to fight to fulfill that purpose and i also feel like everything we go through in life like absolutely everything is is there for us to help someone else is going through it mm-hmm. because you're going to come across people and when i speak i find it so amazing i'll have people that come up and they're just crying and and they're like i have stage 4 cancer and i don't see how that relates to my story at all, but somehow something the Holy Spirit used to touch that woman that, that made her be able to relate to my story and made her be able to, um, you know, to feel like she could come up and and talk to me. and um, and And so I just, I'm just thankful. I mean, it sounds crazy, but all the crazy stuff I've been through, I'm thankful for. Because, mm-hmm. um, and you know, my, my counselor, when I was going through counseling to get um, past all that childhood trauma, she would tell me, you know, you'll be thankful one day. And I'm like, how can you be thankful for this? Yeah. But yeah. when you see God use it mm-hmm. for, for good, you see him help, use it to help someone else. Then you yeah. go, okay, I'm, thank you God for letting, letting me go through that right. and for giving, for being my strength.
0: I was you know. thinking of that just a couple of days ago, you know, I was sharing, uh, it was part of my message with someone. And then, you know, I just thought back to this all started in me because of losing my son, Timothy, who was, who, you know, he was not even born alive, uh, just a super brief life. In my opinion, you know, he was taken too soon, but God's timing is perfect. And I believe he lived every day that was ordained in God's book that he was supposed to, mm-hmm. but to see how God uses his life now, even, Right through me, I it just blows me away. But yes. I love that verse about God comforts us and then that we take that comfort that we get and then we help others yeah. who are also it, in need.
1: Exactly. And it it's just it make it, it makes what we went through, it lessens the pain when mm-hmm. we can share it and we can help someone else through their pain. Yeah. And and you know, and the only way that you can do that is to share, mm-hmm. you know, is to be willing to be a vessel used. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so and so that's what I I tell God every day. I will do whatever you call me to do. Just, you know, I'm willing to be used in whatever way and and I'll go through whatever door you open and whatever door you close. I I won't go through. Mm -hmm. And he's opened some really strange doors in my opinion. But, (laughs) uh, you know, I was like, you know, okay, God, you know, are you sure? But he has blessed every single time. And then, but then the harder part is to want something that you're working on to work out and to work out now and to right. see God closing doors and going,
0: it's not yeah. working. it's you know. hard. Yes, yes exactly.
1: It's so hard. But I, you know, I
0: love being able to go back and like mine painful experiences for those little nuggets of purpose. Like your yes. pain is much easier to cope with when we ha- when we sense a purpose, a greater purpose in that. Yes, exactly. and so the example that I use would be like, take a, a heart surgeon, for example, if you walked into, you know, where they're doing open heart surgery and you had no concept of what that was, and you just see, you know, the blood and this person character you know, that would look horrific, right? But when right. you understand the purpose that this surgeon is skilled and knows what he's doing and is trying to help this person, you know, then that makes sense. And even when I can't see it, I just try to remember that the character of God is that skilled surgeon. He's not just randomly axing stuff, but he is only allowing that pain that has a greater purpose. And we we have to go back and dig for it. You know, it's not always readily apparent.
1: And it's good Uh, to remember that everything comes through the God filter. Nothing mm -hmm. that comes through your life, God has not said okay to. Mm-hmm. because he knew that he could use it and he knew that you could withstand it because he says he will he will give us the ability mm-hmm. to withstand it and for me like people ask me that i think the question i get most is at 12 years you were in bed for 12 years from this serious car accident and social security disabled at 38. i and my husband had to shower me, wash my hair. I mean, I couldn't do anything for myself. And they, they said, why did you get up? How did you get up? And I just held on to Romans 8, 28, which is my life verse. All things work together for good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I said, God, I know I love you. And I know you called me because I clearly got a calling and it was confirmed twice to me after that. And so I'm called according to your purpose. So you're somehow, some way, going to use this for good. Now, this past July, I'm 15 years out from that car accident. So three years back on my feet. And I can go back and look and see not just the good that God's using it now in my ministry, but how He used it in my family, how He used it to make my husband rise up and be the head of the household, which he normally would not do because I handled everything. I, you know, I ran the house and the kids and the homeschool and all of that. And he worked and that's just how it worked out. But then he had to step up. Mm-hmm. And my middle daughter was painfully, painfully shy. I mean, from birth, from I mean, I can remember her just hiding underneath me and, you know, just being so afraid. And so this happened. She was 16 and she had to step up and step out of her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. My son was 11 and he just had this desire to learn to play the guitar that he had never had before. And he even would start just going up to the guys on stage after after worship, after church and being, would you teach me guitar? Would you teach me? guitar?" And my husband's like, we've got to put him in guitar lessons. And he is a very gifted musician Mm -hmm. and praise and praise and worship bands. Every church he's ever been to, he gets in and gets involved and starts playing in the praise and worship band. And that's and that is maybe something we would have never known. Mm -hmm. But it's the way that he soothed himself through that difficult time, he sought out the music and wanting to learn to play music where right. he'd never really shown much of an interest before that. Mm-hmm. So it's just amazing. So, I, I, you know, one thing I can tell you, if you're going through something and you're going through something really difficult, you might not be able to see what good God is going to do from it, what good it's going to yeah. do for you. Right, exactly. But I promise you, if you look like you said and you you search out those nuggets you you will find that God is not only working in you but in all the people that are around you mm-hmm. that he is using that situation and that difficulty to bring everyone closer to him and closer to a revelation of who he is.
0: Yeah. And I and I like how you pointed out too that a lot of times that you know in our trials is when we do a lot of stretching and a lot of growing and that's God you know, increasing our strength to prepare us for the blessing he's gonna give us later. Yes, uh, you know, I look back and I go, Well, I wasn't ready to handle that blessing back then. I needed to grow a little more before right. I could handle it. And, and and then just this, like you said, this ripple effect of how it affects those around us. Right. Um, and, and you're God, talking about God how, works in all things.
1: Right. And how God is using Timothy's life through you, but right. like your children, your husband, yeah. you don't know how God has used that. Maybe somebody at your husband's work has lost a baby and he's been able yep. to talk to them and comfort yep, that's them. That's happened
0: multiple times, actually. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, because he can go to them because he's been through that, mm-hmm. you know, and he has a relationship with them that maybe you don't necessarily have that you couldn't necessarily share, but he can. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, God, God just multiplies it. If we just give it to him and let him have it Mm -hmm. and just let him, you know, let him use it. And you were talking about in the midst of it. I read a a devotional the other day that was about a seed and it said, you plant the seed and you don't go in there every day and dig the seed up to see if anything's Mm -hmm. happening. You know, there's lots of stuff going on underneath and it's not underneath the dirt. Yeah, yeah, under sometimes the dirt. what God's doing ridden. looks like
0: dirt, but uh uh-huh. growing. And
1: if you've if you've ever done when you know the kids do like the through the little clear cups and mm-hmm. so they could see, or you do the sweet potato and you see the roots. Well, it's not always pretty what's going on under this under the mm-hmm. dirt. It's usually pretty ugly if you've seen a seed that sprouted open and it doesn't look like anything you would want to eat. But then if you just give it time to work under the dirt. Then when it comes up and it's going to bear fruit and it's going to bear vegetables and it's going to bear great things that that we can use. And it's the same thing with those trials. If we just let God do that work when we're in the dirt, you know, and just let him work on that and work that out, then the fruits will come.
0: Right. And I, you know, different things take just like in the natural world, different things have different harvest time, different sprout time. And I, I can remember being in that place of, you know, just being in the midst of that pain and struggling for years and going, I, you know, I kind of halfway believed that God could bring something good out of this, but I wasn't seeing it. I'd see it happen in other people's life, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, you know, where's, where's my victory in this? And I would get really discouraged Um, but it, you know, sometimes it just takes longer, you know, sometimes Jesus was in the tomb for three days and then boom. But for me, it was closer to 10 years, you know, to really see a full healing and to begin to see the purpose in that. I had to go through a lot in order to make my message useful. Now Um, I I had to experience those things, but, and that was what I, you
1: know, I went through with the last conference that I was speaking at March the 14th. Uh, right the day before we all got locked down and uh, one of the other ladies that was sharing she was talking about having these oak trees in her yard and how deep the roots are and how big the roots are and so the bigger the tree the bigger the root system the deeper the root system so if you think about God's got this call on your life it's going to take a while to grow those roots and it's going to take a while to get really rooted and firmly planted in what God has what God is doing before you can become that oak tree of righteousness
0: mm-hmm.
1: to to reflect him and to show what you know what he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, and like and like you said, it took 12 years of and and for me, people are like, why do you think it took 12 years? Because I'm really stubborn and I really like to be in control because of having such a dysfunctional childhood, I could control the things on the outside. So I was really good at controlling all of the outside. And so God had to teach me I was not in control. I needed to learn to let go and let God be in control and say, "Okay, God, you're the boss. I'm not the boss. You get to do this. I don't get to do this because we call him Lord. But in our language, that doesn't you know, that doesn't Mm -hmm. you know, that means he owns us when we accept him as our Lord. He owns us. He is our boss. He gets to tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. And for somebody like me, that's that's hard. I don't mm-hmm. like to be told what to do. My yeah. kids will <laughs> tell me, tell you real quick. When somebody tells me what to do, it's like mm you know my kids are like oh no you don't tell
0: mom what to do <laughs> so the the i'm not in control lesson is one that god keeps teaching me over and over <laughs> uh, yes
1: me too and especially with this project i'm working on right now he keeps mm-hmm. teaching me no you're not in control i took not that one thing. away because yeah. i you know i got somebody else i'm going to bring in and i'm like but i need to see it now god and he's
0: like no you don't you just see what i'm showing you right <laughs> Yeah. I heard a, a story it was a pastor used it as an illustration in a sermon. And I can't remember what country it was, but they had uh, weavers that were in there, you know, and they had the, the master weaver and then the young apprentice was like a young boy and the boy would be behind the loom and the, the master would tell him, you know, what to do and what color yarn and where to put the thing. And if the, the young boy made a mistake, the master wouldn't have him take it out. He would just redo the plan. And incorporate that mistake into it and then at the end when they finished this big you know awesome. rug or wall hanging or whatever they were making the master would bring the kid around to the front and say this is what we created together you know and just kind of that like that would be the heavenly thing of you know when, when everything's done god is like hey this is what we did together but right. we don't get to see most of it
1: yet. yes you know and there are mistakes that are weaved in that you don't even realize, you know, because you made a mistake along the way, but God still uses it to bring out beauty. I heard Beth Moore um, talk about the vineyards and being in Italy and driving through the vineyards and the, the guys were harvesting the grapes and they would throw some of them on the ground. And she asked their driver, she said, why are they throwing those on the ground? And she said, well, those are the ones that are not good. They're not, you know, they're not plump. They're not juicy. They're not really ready. So they throw them on the ground and then they incorporate back into the root system, so even our mistakes yeah. can be incorporated back and become good fruit, mm-hmm. and be and still be used of God, even though we made a mistake, okay. and that He prunes that stuff off, and then we're still able to use it. And I thought that was just an amazing illustration yeah, of that- you know, and I just thought that that's that's great because even if we have something that's that's you know offer, whatever, God can still incorporate it and use it. Yeah. you know, I like
0: to say that God can redeem anything that we're willing to surrender to him. Yeah. So when we hang on to it and go, no, this is my, you know, whatever, whether it's something we did or something that happened to us. Um, But when we're willing to surrender that to him, he can redeem anything and bring good out of anything that was meant for evil Yes, Um, or or any mistake that was, you know, maybe it was an innocent mistake, but it still messed things up, you
1: know. Right. And that's what, you know, you're talking about all the the car accidents and the childhood and all that. I feel like that was all the enemy trying to stop me from my calling because God called me. I, I, I relate to David a lot in the Bible because God, you know, called him and anointed him, but it was 14 years before he came king. And he had to sit and play the harp for Saul. And he had to run and hide from Saul and all these things. And so it was all this process. So when God called, he said, yes. And you think, okay, yes, God, let's go. And then it's like, no, there's a process.
0: (laughs) Yeah. God's timing is not always... Consistent with what we would hope it would be, but
1: God's timing is never my timing because my timing is always right now, right now, right now, right now. You know, I'm always like moving to the next thing. So um, so God does things very meticulously. And so I, I have I have a hard time waiting on the Lord, which we're back to that patience thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, I, I, you know, it's easier for us to talk about these things now as we've kind of come through a lot of trials and we've grown. But can you like kind of rewind the tapes for us and go back, you know, when you were younger, before maybe you had that calling or before you realized that there was a purpose in it? How how did you handle the resilience, you know, before you had learned all those things? How did you keep going before you knew this stuff?
1: I, you know, I think part of it, like my childhood. Part of it is just survival instincts,
0: you mm-hmm.
1: know. Just you know, a, a a child will fight to live, even in the worst situations. You see these children overseas and stuff, and and they they have these terrible living conditions and and malnutrition, but they're still fighting to live. And so I think when you're in that child, and you when you're when I was going through it, I didn't really realize that it was that different from anybody else mm-hmm. because. Yeah you know, and, and most of my friends had dysfunctional families too, not maybe to the point of mine, but we all had stuff. And so you just, you know, and, and I tell, I tell people a lot of times, I'm like, I don't know how to get through anything, but put my head down and work because I come from a long line of women who just put their head down and work. Mm -hmm. And so, and so for me, it's hard to not, to not, try to work it out to let god work it out to let that mm-hmm. control go but um you know i i just i i always knew the lord my grandmother led me to the lord when i was very young i was probably about 6 and um so i i always i was always in church i was raised by my grandmother most of the time and so i was always in church bible school and so i always had a faith mm-hmm. that i knew god was with me and i knew that that he was going to get me through. And I always, my grandmother always had this keen sense of the perfect story to tell me or the perfect scripture to share with me that was what I needed to hear or what I would need to remember and call back on as I was going through things when I wasn't at at with her. And I, you know, I just, I, I just think about, I just, you know, just kept, I just keep going. It's just part of it is a survival skill and part of it is not a survival skill, but a desire to survive. Mm -hmm. And it's, and and for me, you know, and it's, it's funny, but my husband and I have both said that, you know, we, our parenting style is the opposite of what our parents did. So we just both made up our mind, whatever, however they did it, we were doing it the opposite (laughs) Yeah. So we just, you know, we just, we just try to parent from the perfect parent from what God would do, you know, yeah. Yeah. and, and sometimes those bad parenting skills still creep in, but, yeah. you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, you, you draw back on things that you remember from the past, you draw back on strength, things that have gotten you through before. And, you know, we, we often use coping skills that are not necessarily all that good, but whatever it got us through, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, for me, learning scripture, memorizing scripture was huge because I needed to replace those lies that other people told me and Mm -hmm. that the enemy told me. So I, I would, and I have even now I keep, I have one right here. I, my five by seven cards. This is my, I have these everywhere and it's just those and
0: stickies and notebooks and (laughs) (laughs) stuff everywhere.
1: I need to like get organized with
0: Evernote or something. But I think a lot of times too, what gets us through, you know, when we're, Inexperienced or whatever is just the grace hard. of God. You've got them all in a in a box. So. All in a recipe box. These there you are go.
1: awesome. And they're great. And then I just file them in there. And then when I need them, I just go back and pull them right out.
0: There you go. You're more organized <laughs> than I am. I just have uh, uh, everywhere. My desk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I think really it's just God's grace a lot of times gets us through yes. when we don't know any better, or we're young, or we're inexperienced, or we're just so exhausted or so depressed or whatever that we can't. I mean, you know, I have had times where I'm just like, I, I can't even pray. I don't yeah. even know. I just lay there and say, God, you know, I, yes. you gotta, I, 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 I don't even have words. Sometimes I just cry. And yeah, that's
1: a I, I've been there and I, you know, and I, I don't, I think I talked about that in my book. There were times going through that with my, with my mom and my stepdad and, and confronting the abuse and everything that happened. And they wanted to put it in the closet and, you know, hide the skeleton and, and we don't talk about it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I would just be sobbing and literally just groaning because I had no words and that's what scripture says is the Holy Spirit will intercede with groans and you know he will you know intercede when we don't even have words to say and I have literally been there on my face on the floor just sobbing and groaning because I was in so much pain and I couldn't even express that pain Mm -hmm. to God or anyone Mm -hmm. because it was just you know it was just a really empty lonely place. It was my, my time in the desert. You know, I needed that time in the desert to to grow and to learn that I could trust God and to learn that God had my best interest at heart and that He was going to get me through it and take me through it. And it, yeah. it was it was hard. I won't tell anybody. All of it's been hard. Yeah. But yeah. all of it has been good. It's all God's all using all of it for good. Right right slowly but surely <laughs>
0: i think a lot of times when we try to pray we get too tangled up in the right words or you know yes. using how do I, how do i talk to god and and just remember that it's just it's just conversation and even when we don't have any words he hears what's in our heart so i mean right. the words are you know words are a poor medium really to communicate <laughs> between yes. god and people but it's what we've got so so really any words we could say are inadequate. So, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Use whatever exactly. words come to mind. And he and knows just-
1: what we're thinking. He knows what's on our heart, you know. And I, I tell people we're getting ready to go next week um, on a, a motorcycle trip in the mountains. And I have a big cross on the top of my helmet. And I tell people that's when I like have a direct connection with heaven is when I'm on the back of the motorcycle with that helmet on. Because <laughs> yeah, like, you're so close when, to it. You know? That's when God downloads everything into my brain. And I literally told my husband. I'm going to put a slit in his motorcycle vest and put this mm-hmm. little because I've got little sticky notes. Like you said, I yeah. carry this little purse with my chapstick and stuff in it, and I slit a little sticky note. And I've got just these million little sticky notes because God is just downloading. Mm-hmm information to me he's like uh and this i want you to do this talk and then this is a title for this and and this is the book and this is the and i'm just and it's just like oh
0: yep. <laughs> I, that happens to me too i don't ride a motorcycle but just all these ideas and I, I i don't know what writer's block is i i have the opposite problem i just don't have time to publish everything yes <laughs> that i that i feel like god is teaching me but
1: yeah. I know yes. I agree completely. And see, my for me, mine is more spoken word. The the sitting down and writing it out, mm-hmm. I have to make myself do. But if you put me on a stage and I was talking to somebody about this the other day, we were talking about speaking, and I'm like my husband has to stand in the back and be like five minutes, three minutes, <laughs> two minutes, because I'll just keep going. I just keep will going. never shut up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm that way with writing. I I was having my older daughter proofread some stuff for me. She's like, mom, you said the same thing like three times in a row. And I'm like, oh, you know, I know people that do that when they speak but I hadn't recognized it in myself when I write until my daughter pointed it out. And I'm like, you're, you're actually right. That's what I did.
1: My sister-in-law does my first edits for me because I feel like she's close to the story and she knows the story. So she, she can do the, the edits and, and she can, she can maybe say things to me that an editor wouldn't know or wouldn't be able to say because I trust her more, you know, because we have a relationship and she'll tell me, um, you, you've said this three times in three different chapters. You know?
0: <laughs> it's, it's hard to keep okay. track sometimes. I'm like, have I said this already or not? But
1: I don't even I don't even notice it. Because when I write, I, what I tell people is I'm a free writer. I just sit down and it just flows. I just write. I don't have an outline or do any of that. So I just write. And then I go back and put it, organize it later. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. put it so, through and send it to my sister-in-law. And then she tells me how many perfect. times I repeat it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we only have a few minutes left but I did want to get to uh, I'm fascinated by your your net you're also a natural naturopath? Naturopath. naturopath. Mhm. Um, and just uh, one thing that really fascinates me that I've learned from all of this is just the connection between like body and mind and spirit and emotions and how those all tie together. And we tend to overlook that. So yes. I was just wondered if you could speak to that for a minute or two.
1: Absolutely. You know, um, in Western medicine, we we take we put the body in parts. You know, we go to the foot doctor and the head doctor and eye doctor. We put it all, but it's all part of one. God made us one being. And he breathed life into Adam, which breathed the spirit into into us. So we have a a spiritual part of us. And so mind, body, spirit, and emotions all make uh, the optimal person. And when you get have one, it's like a four-legged stool. If one leg is off, the stool is wobbly. So you need to have all of that. And you don't, what we don't realize in Western medicine is if we have a Uh, uh, An emotional problem, like the emotional things that I went through as a child and the abuse that I suffered caused physical illness in my 30s, which was bronchitis and severe asthma and chronic fatigue syndrome. And then as I was studying for my naturopathic degree, traditional Chinese medicine, when they do traditional medicines in other countries, they have figured out that different things manifest in different parts of the body. So what manifests in the airways is grief. And so what I was really going through was grieving, not having a father in my life, grieving all of the the things that happened to me and abuse and everything that happened to me, grieving, losing my grandmother at 23. So that was manifesting in physical illness. And a lot of people don't realize that. And it's it's called adverse childhood experiences. And when you have adverse childhood experiences, then it manifests in chronic illness later and things, especially autoimmune diseases, Um, especially diabetes, heart disease, those things can be brought on by uh, those traumas and things that we experienced early in life that we haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. So once we deal with them and we resolve them, so you have to think of yourself as a four-sided person, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And when all four parts are working optimally, then we can have optimal health. And we can have health and wellness. So so you have to be able to work on all of them. So that's what I went through in my book. I dedicate a chapter to physical healing, mental healing, spiritual healing, and, and emotional healing. And I talk about the different things that I did to help myself, like, Get on a proper diet of um, you know and of whole grain and whole foods and um, organic foods and supplements to detoxify my body from the toxins and that stress is a toxin to your body that you go through and so it manifested in the stress and then you know spiritually going into the word and memorizing and replacing the lies with the truth and so I found myself extremely chronically ill and I walked through that. And my naturopathic training helped me to be able to do that. And so, you know, using things and and God has given us all these things and we don't fully use them because we think we're so smart and we figured this all out. Things like mineral springs. I went, we lived in Michigan when I was going through all of that. And they have a mineral spring there that they harvest the minerals. They take the sulfur out so you don't smell the rotten egg smell. And then you can go and you can And it's at at a hospital and it's just like a spa. You go and you soak in the mineral tub and then you do a massage and that helps to detoxify and get some of those toxins and things out of your body. Just different things like that, that we don't, you know, God gave us all of this, this beautiful planet, all of these plants and, and all of these things to use for our good, for our benefit, for our healing. But we're just lazy and we'd rather run to the doctor and get a pill.
0: Or or we just don't know, you know, I don't do anything.
1: Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, it's just, um, you know, it's and I was that's what I was doing. I I had a that deadline that I had earlier that I wasn't able to be on at one. I was teaching a wellness summit and um, I was on a deadline to get that video in. And I was talking about how to deal with stress in the workplace and natural ways to deal with stress. And, you know, something as simple as humor. You know, um, you know, I have a little card. I don't have it on my desk right now, but it's a little flip card of emoji faces. And, I, you know, I'm like, you could just get one of these and put it and put the emoji face for whatever you're feeling right now. So people walk in your office, they automatically know. OK, no, not a no. good day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: When I was struggling with depression and I was up and down a lot, my husband used to say that I was either Jekyll or Hyde. And he goes, as soon as I walk in the door from work, I could tell which one of you was talking by the mo- emoji on my face. Yes, exactly, exactly.
1: And yeah. that's what you know. I and I, I use emojis all the time. I have my emoji ball go. right here. I throw curveballs at my audience, so I <laughs> you got to learn to deal with curveballs. Right. So life throws them at you all the time.
0: I know so. when I was going through through counseling about my grief of losing my son and everything. My, my counselor asked me several times to pay attention to what is what's going on in your body, you know, what physical, and I had never thought to pay attention to that before, but I realized that it was always my throat was like closing up. Like I feel like I was suffocating Um, airwaves breathing. Yeah. And she, she just brought that to my attention. I mean, it had always been there. I just hadn't connected the dots. Um, And, you know, as we as I've gone through that healing process with counseling with her, you know, now I'm able to talk about my son and that that physical reaction doesn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, My throat doesn't close up and uh, it's just. You know, it's amazing how when you when you unclog those emotional things that have been traumatized, how that that helps release physical things as well. Right. And I just you know, I had never even thought of that until she pointed that out to me. I
1: know. And, you know, even as much training as I've had, I hit this really rocky patch last July, and I was on a coaching call. I do a group coaching call on Thursdays, and we have a, a lady that is a doctor in psychology. And I was just having a really bad day, and I was I was just crying in coaching. And she said, "What's the anniversary of your uh, of your wreck?" And I'm like, "July 15th." And she's like, "That's this week." Anniversaries are really important. And then she yeah. sent me an article about it, and and. This is something that I knew, but until she brought it back to the front of my memory, it didn't click to me that it was even the, you know, the anniversary of the accident. And that it brings back that trauma and you, your muscles have memory, Mm -hmm. your, your, your spine has a memory. And so all of that was just really tight. And I'm all up like this because my body
0: remembered,
1: even if my brain didn't register it, right? And I've heard that we store
0: trauma differently. It doesn't traumatic memories don't get stored the way other memories do. A lot of it gets stored physically.
1: They get stored Mm -hmm. in the amygdala. And so you have to consciously move them and you have to have help from a therapist and do some exercises and things that will consciously move them into long term memory where they're supposed to be, because you can have multiple traumas like I've had, and if they stay stored in the amygdala, they connect to each other. And then you just get PTSD on top of Snowballs. PTSD on top of PTSD. Exactly. And then you're just in this constant state of stress. And so you have to physically, consciously separate those. And that takes the help of a, of a counselor. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's all very fascinating. I'd love to chat with you longer, but we're we're out of time right now. But just... Again, here's uh, her book, Beauty Rising from Brokenness. I love this cover with the jar, broken jar there with the butterfly. And the little out.
1: girl holding holding the jar. And yeah. the butterfly is a is a monarch because that represents the resurrection and yeah. it represents the beauty is rising out of the brokenness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's yes. so pretty. So
1: very, I catch very, it. intentional.
0: Right. It explains your, your, or symbolizes your message very well. So yes. thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for your flexibility with time and stuff. And um, if you have, I know you, you are doing so many awesome things. So please pop the links to your things in the, under the messages okay. there. Um, yes. I, I added her website and um, her book link there, uh, but please throw in other ways that people can get in touch with you or if they're interested. Um, in the coaching or the naturopath or whatever. And um, just to everybody, I wanted to say, we kind of have a little celebration. (laughs) Our podcast is now on Apple Podcasts, which is exciting. It feels all official. So please go check out Resilient Life Hacks uh, podcast on Apple and you can click the subscribe button there, like right from your phone. And um, if you've been listening to us and you would like to give us a review, that would be really appreciated and awesome. So that would be great. Yes. So thank you all. God bless and have a great day.
1: Thanks, Elizabeth.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with host Elizabeth Myers. If you like the show and want to know more, check out elizabethmyersme forward slash podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, just fill out the form on that webpage so we can connect. Your honest review on iTunes is a tremendous help to sharing this message of hope with more hurting souls. Don't forget to join us next week when we talk about more hacks for resilient life. Until next time, stand strong, hold on to hope, and love others like Jesus does.